But why isn't there indeterminacy about knowing how it got up there in the first place? So you have indeterminacy on both sides. What it says is that if you have a mass that's at the top of a dome and it's frictionless and the dome is characterized by a certain curve, which needs to be defined specifically, then it's at rest at the top of the dome, but at any T that's non-negative, any time that's greater than zero, it can take off. Why is it? Why? Why is what you're describing to me asymmetric at all? So the point is that you just set up the system like that as a thought experiment in order to just put T equals minus T. Okay. It's just useful to set up the experiment like okay. that. Okay. So in that, what is the, okay, so fine. It's an interesting thought experiment. I like, nobody doesn't like thought experiments. Then of what utility is that to the practicing scientist, even if it is of high interest to the philosopher? It then makes you say, hey, if there's a classical system that is determined, that's not the case. So we shouldn't say, if, if that's really true about the Norton Dome, then we shouldn't say classical physics is deterministic, right? Correct. I don't, okay. I, that, what does that change? I, I don't get it. It's fine. It's great, great result. Okay. Uh, so let's think about this in a couple of ways. So number one, what is physics? Like physics is understanding what reality is. So we have to put an asterisk on what reality is because like who the heck knows what reality is. But physicists are trying to understand what that is. Someone like Tim Maudlin would say, hey, which I agree with, and I never put in these words before, quantum theory is never talked about in university as a physicist. You'd learn quantum mechanics and quantum field theory. But he would say, a theory tells you what the heck you're dealing with. It talks about ontology. So there needs to be that component as well. What does it need to be if what we're doing still works? It needs to be to you, the philosopher, but to me, the practicing scientist, that's building circuit boards based on a complete understanding of how quantum physics works. I don't need to know that. That doesn't mean I don't want to know it, but the search for that answer, if it distracts me from other progress I will make in this physical universe, and I'm a practicing scientist, that's how I'm going to choose my paths in that way. So yeah, quantum physics, who was it that said the day you understand quantum physics is the day you can be certain you don't? Because you, it's not. There are variations on that. Our, our native senses to to interpret and yeah. okay. So that's one view. You can just take the view that hey, whatever is useful, let me just build something with it. And that's how I think of physics. That's how I think of physics. Physics yeah. is is matter, motion, and energy, and and every way that allows me to predict the future of those systems, so that I can exploit it to the benefit of civilization and and intellectual pursuit. That's how I think of physics. Okay, so there's a couple of points there. Number one, there's a value in there, which isn't derivable from the physical facts. What do you mean a value? What do you mean? But just I like it. Because you want to do something that's good. You want to do something useful. So you're not just doing anything. No, no, I didn't say useful. I don't did I say useful? Let me give a different word. Um, let me be more precise. Sure. And less precise at the same time. Um I'd like to know ever more about how the universe works so that I can invoke it in the progress of civilization. And by progress, I mean uh, new understandings, the history of this exercise, often, hardly ever doesn't, convert to new inventions, new means of living, uh, to pr prolong our, our uh, benefits to our health, our longevity, uh, and just our enlightenment about how the universe works. So that's, that's how I think of physics. And it, at the more, most fundamental level, with chemistry layered on that, 
then biology layered on top of that. I think that's an unfair characterization of how physics developed and even develops to this day. Now, as for modern examples, okay, let's put that aside. But what but makes I, it unfair? What makes it unfair? Einstein thought plenty about Mach's principle. And Einstein mm -hmm. also thought about other philosophical positions. Oh, by the way, Mach's principle was a philosopher from the 19th, the, the 19th century. Not, so that, that's pre the era that I'm describing here in terms of the value and influence of philosophers in the thinking of a modern physicist who's doing actual, making actual discoveries. So, so you can mention Mach, and I'll give you Mach, but there's not much after Mach that you can cite. Yeah, but go on. Mm -hmm. John Bell of the Bell's theorems that we just mm -hmm. mentioned, or the Bell's inequalities, a mm -hmm. Nobel Prize, he was influenced. Yeah, yeah, but with John Bell, great question to you. Um, was he trained as a philosopher or as a physicist? That's kind of my point here. I, I think he was trained as a physicist. And so, um, and not, not to be pedantic about it, but it's the value of learning how the physical universe works with laboratories, okay, relative to armchairs. That's really what I'm getting at here. But sure, it's great. The Bell's inequality theorem is very important, very thought-provoking, as any good philosophical conclusion should be. Yeah. So I think we're speaking past one another. So let me be precise because mm -hmm. I don't want to get misconstrued. What I'm saying is that physics benefits from an understanding of philosophy. And also... It did, especially. Physical statements by a physicist have embedded in them philosophical assumptions. So yes, if they we do. say something about material, there's like materialism is in there. What is that? What is a material? Can we define it specifically? Musings, like actually sitting and thinking about what the heck exists. What is the nature of this? What is space-time? You mentioned that this is something we don't talk about much. Actually, there's several people who think that space-time is something that's emergent. And so they deeply, they think about, well, are we on the boundary? Are we in the bulk? Is it discrete? Is it not? What does that mean? Is it real? Does it have a variable associated with it, like there before we measure yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I got you. A, a characteristic, a thing. Yeah, yeah. That's all, all good. Does our consciousness have something to do with it? There's like 30 interpretations of quantum mechanics. Maybe four of them have to do with consciousness. But still, those are all... Oh, by the way, since we actually really don't understand consciousness, and the evidence that we don't understand it is that people keep writing books on it, all right, claiming they know it. That's the evidence that we don't know anything about it. To take consciousness, about which we know very little, to explain something in quantum physics, or to have quantum physics, an understanding of quantum physics that nobody has, commingle with consciousness feels like very tentative land to stand on to take two things that are not deeply understood and use one to explain the other i i i'm i'm, I'm disturbed when i see people do that not just that overstates it i'm i'm intrigued that people have the urge to do it but i've make sure i do not ever have the urge to explain something i don't understand with something else i don't understand I don't think that's the wisest path to be on. It's a fun path, like over beer, sure. But to commit your life to it, I, I don't I don't know. I would question that. Relative to having applying that same brain power in other ways. Now, you mentioned other things like uh materialism, okay. Um that of course physics, modern science, especially Western science, is highly materialistic. I mean, it's in fact almost entirely materialistic. Uh, I don't know any other, uh, I don't think there's any dimension of 
spiritualism, if we take that as the opposite of materialism, I don't know any dimension of spirit spiritualism in traditional Western science. So you said, how do we define materialism? Is that a problem? How to define that? Is this a challenge? Is this really something people are distracted by? I wouldn't put the term distracted with anything that's a philosophical investigation. Mm -hmm. Because of reasons, like I mentioned before, physicists are steeped in philosophy, even if they don't know it. And this is a point Carlo Rovelli, Lee Smolin, I'm sure you know them. I've met Lee, and I know Lee, I, and I only know, of course, of uh, Rovelli's books. Carlo Rovelli and Lee Smolin, as well as this guy named Abai Ashtakar, are the founders of loop quantum gravity. This mm -hmm. is also something that Abai Ashtakar says. He makes a great analogy. So if you have a sphere, you have to cover it with two open sets. You can't just cover it with one. Otherwise, you distort it. So what if reality is like that, where you need multiple covers? And the physical world, the material world, is just one of these open sets, but it doesn't cover everything. Mm-hmm. Interesting. There's an internal world, and it doesn't have to be spiritual. Like, well, you can call spiritual something associated with, yes. It's just a different world. It's different. You just, just call it different. Right. Very cool. It could just be different, whatever that different is. Yes, yes. Right. And he uh -huh. would say that he has investigated some of that via his inner world. He calls one the inner versus the outer. I love it. <laughs> I don't know if it's as simple as there are two. Maybe there's a plethora. Anyhow. Uh-huh. No, I love it. But of course, uh, Rovelli and, and um, Lee Smolin have degrees in physics. Okay, so... Um... Most of the philosophers of physics are trained in physics. If you enjoyed that clip, then the full podcast is out right now. You can click around here, as well as subscribe to get notified. Enjoy.